Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Yes, sir. Grab you a drink, get in sync. Two assholes with a podcast, and we don't give a damn what you think. I'm Antoine Weisslicker, and this is a very special edition of the Two Cents and Nonsense podcast. On today's episode, you are going to get a preview of the brand new fantasy football podcast hosted by yours truly called Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. On that show, I am going to be breaking down players, teams, statistics, giving you the edge to help you win in your fantasy football leagues. I'm going to talk in-depth football, a lot more than what you can get on the Two Cents and Nine Cents Sports Talk episodes. Trust me, you're going to love it. Hopefully you enjoy it, and hopefully you'll join me and help yourself earn your chip. Enjoy the show. It's human nature to make mistakes, but the truly special ones learn and evolve from those mistakes. As fantasy football players, we just can't seem to get out of our own way when it comes to stopping these mistakes week after week, year after year. Draft after draft, we just make the same mistakes over and over again. But here, we want to avoid those mistakes. To fix a problem, you must first acknowledge that you have a problem. And that's where I come in. Welcome to the meeting. This is Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. I'm Antoine Weisslicker, your fantasy football mentor. Follow me on all social media. Be true to thine self and earn your chip. Mistakes in fantasy football can cost you money, championships. Hell, your girlfriend might even leave you because don't nobody want to fuck with a loser. So pay attention. We're not talking about mistakes like having a guy on your bench that goes off for 40 that week. That's not what we're talking about. We ain't psychic. We're not fortune tellers. We're talking about those mistakes that you just continue to make over and over again. Just not getting out of your own way. And the first most common mistake that people make in fantasy football is overconfidence. You didn't heard it before. People say such and such is going to go off this year or I'm high on this person because I know they're going to take the starting role. You don't know shit. We do as much analyzing as we can to try to determine the people that we believe, that we think are going to be great. But walking into this saying, I know that this guy is going to be a stud. I know that this guy is going to take the starting role. That overconfidence is going to cost you in the long run. Because again, we never actually know, but overconfidence causes us to put all our chips on the table without hedging. And then when we end up 
in last place, we wonder why. In fantasy, we must hedge our bets. We have to prepare for every single possibility. And I heard some guys say you got to have a backup plan for the backup plan. That's good advice, except for the fact that he doesn't have a backup plan for a backup plan because he's a fucking idiot. But that's neither here nor there. You have a backup plan for your backup plan. You are always prepared. You hedge your bets. Now, how do we prepare? We prepare, like I told you before, we study. We mock draft. We look for things that other people aren't looking for. We also look for those common factors, but we look for things that people aren't looking for. And when we talk about those common factors, we're talking about rushing quarterbacks, quarterbacks with rushing upside. When we're in PPR leagues, we're talking about running backs. We're receiving upside. Nice target share. When we talk about wide receivers, we're talking about heavily targeted wide receivers with high offensive snap percentages. We want the volume. We want the target share. We want that, those types of things when we're looking for our fantasy football players. We don't gamble. These are calculated risks. The next most common mistake that people make that cost them championships, that cost them weeks, that cost them years, is over. Valuing rookies and draft picks. There are plenty of people out here that do Devi leagues that can project the guys two and three drafts down the road. I am not one of those people, and I will not be one of those people. We're not gambling people. Calculated risk. Yes, I understand that these guys in their sophomore year, sophomore and junior years in college, they're playing tremendous. We're projecting that they're going to translate to the NFL, but it's no guarantees. The rookies that are coming out now, we are projecting that they're going to be good, that some of them are going to be great. But we don't want to overvalue these rookies. True story, I seen a team today on social media where the guy, he put all his chips on rookies from this year. Najee Harris, Michael Carter, Javante Williams, uh, Kyle Pitts. He put all his chips on there, but for the next three years, he does not have a first or second round rookie draft pick For the next three years. Because he overvalued rookies. He has no studs on his roster. And when I say studs, people be like, oh, well, you know. Chris Godwin's a stud. He's not a stud. He had one wide receiver one year. 
the other two years of his career, he was in the 20s. It's not a stud. A stud is somebody that I know year after year after year is going to be a one in their position. And when I say a one, that means top 12. If you're in a 10-man league, I shrink that to top 10. Top 10 if you're in a 10-man league. A one is the top 10 guys in that league. So each player, if, if each one of your positional players that you have, if both your running backs finish in the top 10, you had an advantage over the rest of your league. If you're in a 12-man league, if every one of your players or if everyone, if you have multiple players that finish in the top 12, you have an advantage over the rest of your league. If you had two players that finished in the top 12 at the same position, you had a, a positional advantage over your league mates. And then we go even further. If it's a 14-man league, 14-team league, I say that a positional one, so a wide receiver one, a running back one, is the top 14. And why do I say that? I say that because those are your starters. If each one of your league mates have, that, have one of those guys, you're even playing field. You're damn near even playing field. If the, if the point differential between those guys isn't that large, you guys didn't have an advantage there. But if you have two of those guys and your opponents each week only have one of those guys, you go in with the positional advantage. Don't overvalue rookies. Leaving your team without studs, without positional number ones, a wide receiver one, quarterback one, tight end one, wide receiver one. This guy left his team without that. Yeah, he has some nice young pieces. Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins. Uh, I forget who his other wide receiver was, but he, he had some good pieces there. And it's not to say that he's not going to be in contention. But when you mortgage your future by trading away your first and second round picks in every single draft for the next three years, you want some studs on your roster. You want guys that are going to let you win because you're not, you don't want to give up primo draft position to whoever has your picks. You're riding on all rookies. And when you're riding on all rookies, you kind of, you would think that a person would be taking the productive struggle approach. But in this person's case, he's not taking a productive struggle approach because he doesn't have any high draft picks. In a productive struggle, you're looking to accumulate some draft picks while still keeping youth on your side so that when your draft picks hit or if you have enough assets, enough draft picks, 
then you can trade to get that per- that player that's going to put you over the top. That's what you're looking for at that particular point in time. But right now, all rookies on your team and no draft picks in sight for the next three years, it's going to be difficult for somebody. And those are the types of things that we that happen when you overvalue rookies. I told you guys in a previous episode to on a previous meeting to value known production. We've seen this guy do this in this league. Wide receivers, if you've seen them do it for three years, keep riding them. Wide receivers, you can ride for a long time. You know, you can get seven to eight years out of a wide receiver. Running backs, shorter lifespan. But if, you su- if you've seen a running back do this two years in a row, roll with him. If you've seen him do it two years in a row, roll with him. That would mean, you know, depending on the age, if you've seen him do it two years in a row, they're 25, you got two more years to ride them out. Most people say that the, the running backs hit that wall and decline at age 27. But there's guys out here that are still, you know, doing it at a semi-decent level if they are PPR receiving running backs like James White, J.D. McKissick, um, Giovanni Bernard. Those guys, they have that role carved out. Austin Eckler may fall into that in that category. Uh, Alvin Kamara, these guys are receiving backs. If they lose a step in rushing, in pure carries, they can still be utilized in a passing game up until age 29. So don't overvalue the rookies. Look out for that known production. That's what you want on your team. Yes, you want rookies on your team, but you don't want to overvalue them and give up primo draft position, uh, also giving up primo players that are proven just because you want the young hotness on your team. They haven't played a snap in the NFL yet. Don't trade away players like Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. You know, stud backs. You know, and stud wide receivers. For that. Please, don't do it. Another common mistake that people make is hanging on to somebody else's guys and somebody else's every word. I understand you listen to these podcasts, you listen to these fantasy football analysts for guidance. That's understandable. We all do it. We listen to someone we trust for guidance. 
but hanging on to their every word and not doing your own research and just picking the guys that they tell you to pick won't lead you to becoming a better fantasy football player and it won't lead you to championships. Because people aren't right 100% of the time. There's no way that they can be. The best that we hope for is that the research that we've done can yield us someplace close to 70%. 70%. If I can get 70% of the things right that I tell you here on this podcast, you and I will both be successful. Because nobody's bad in a hundred. It's not happening. But I also don't want to be one of those people who sit here and tell you all of this bullshit. And at the end of it, I'm only getting 20% of it right. If I'm only getting 20% of it right, you're not winning championships. I'm not winning championships. And why in the fuck am I behind this microphone? Telling you to do certain things when it's not working. And I did joke and tell you guys that even if I got everything wrong, I'm still going to get behind this microphone and tell you what I think because the rest of these motherfuckers do it. They do it all the time. They tell you to draft said player. Said player plays like shit. They come back on after the season is done and talk to you like they never said that shit. You can look at everything that I say, call me out on it. I will hold myself accountable with it. If you're listening to my start sit episodes and I tell you to start Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey comes out and gives you zero points. I'm going to hold myself accountable for that. Especially if it was a situation where. I told you not to do this. Or I told you to do this because of the defense that he was playing. The matchups. And I told you to do it. And it fucked up. I'm going to hold myself accountable for that. I know Christian McCaffrey was a bad example to use. As far as that, because, you know, you always start your studs. You're going to start Christian McCaffrey either way. But if I tell you to start someone of a lower level that I feel is going to have a breakout week and they don't have that breakout week, I'm going to get back on this fucking podcast and I'm going to tell you, yo, I messed that up. That was my fault. And we'll add it to the misses. And we want to have more hits than we have misses by the end of the season. 70% is what I'm looking for. 70% is a good benchmark that I think that I can, I can achieve. And I think that you can achieve it as well. If you do the research, your own research as well, as listen to me. I'm not forcing you to listen to me. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass and telling you that... You'll do things like dominate your league. You're guaranteed to win a championship. Nothing is guaranteed because none of us know. An injury can happen in an instant. 
and fuck up your whole season. Another common mistake that people make is out of boredom. They trade just to be trading. Why the fuck are you trading just to be trading? You see it all the time in your league. Somebody come out and be like, I'm bored. Then they throw somebody on the trade block. And they're like, I'm going to trade this guy. Why are you trading him? Then they trade the player with no plan of action. Of what they want for the player. Or what they're expecting to get for the player. You ask them, yo, what you looking for for that player? I'll just make an offer. We'll see. You don't even know if you want a combination of a wide receiver two, a running back one. What do you want for the player? Like, you don't even know what you want for the player. You just want someone to send you something. Just because you're bored. You want to see some offers because you're bored. And then people walk into the trades and they want to get a deal done, even if the deal is not beneficial to you at all. It's just, I just want to get it done. Learn to say no, walk away. You can walk away from the trade. If it doesn't feel like it's the best thing for you, Don't just trade just to trade. And don't draft players with the intention of trading them. You see it all the time. People get into the league and they're in the draft and they're in that position and they'll pick some player that they really didn't want on their team because the so called consensus told them that if they picked anybody else at that position it'd be a reach so we gotta take the best value at 12 even though that's not the fucking guy you wanted and you got him on your team saying I'm gonna trade him later on fuck that don't draft that guy if you really didn't want him that harps back to hanging on to other people's players In other people's words, if you didn't believe in that guy, it doesn't matter if other people think that you should take him at that spot and you shouldn't reach for another player. If you don't believe in that player and you don't have conviction for that player, don't draft him and put him on your team just because you think you're going to trade him away to somebody who does want him. Because more often than not, if the people in your league didn't draft said player, they didn't fucking want him. Just like you didn't want him. So please, don't just get out here and trade just to trade and don't draft players 
with the said intention of trading them. If these if this player, if you don't see this player in your roster construction or as a viable asset to your team, don't draft them. And the same thing with the trades. You can walk away from a trade if you feel like these players aren't going to be a valuable asset to your team. And I implore you, the one thing that I hate that comes out of people's mouths when they are discussing trade talks with you is that if you have a treasure chest, a riches of assets, and somebody says to you, well, you got five of them, you could just give up one. No, motherfucker, I can't just give you anything. I'm not discounting no trades for you. And please don't do that. Don't discount trades because you have an abundance of talent at one position. I don't give a fuck if you got seven starting wide receivers. You don't discount your wide receiver seven just because you got six other ones that you could place in the starting lineup. You make them motherfuckers pay at cost. Because it's not your fault that they didn't acquire the assets that you acquired. They are trying to get your assets and you make them pay at cost, at value for your assets. And another mistake that people tend to make all the time, and, and I understand the strategy behind it in like money leagues, but drafting guys just because you don't have any shares of them in your other leagues is utter ridiculousness. It's bullshit. Like, fuck out of here with that. I understand, again, like I said before, I understand the strategy of it. When you're participating in 15 best ball leagues, you want to diversify your portfolio as much as you can. I get it. But I don't give a damn about a player that's not on my radar just because I don't have them in some other league. Like, it depends on spots. It depends on spots. For instance, Jonathan Taylor. Yes, I have him in a few leagues. Because he fell to me, I drafted him. But I'm not high on that player. I started out high on him, but I started to fade. And as the year has progressed and we're getting closer to draft season, he's one of those players that I'm probably not going to be drafting anymore. 
I think that the cost of him is too expensive. I don't believe he is worth a first-round pick. That's just me. But other people who follow this strategy of, I'm going to draft guys because I don't have shares of them, even if they're not high on a Jonathan Taylor, and that's the example that we're using here, even if they're not high on Jonathan Taylor, they'll still draft him in two or three leagues just so they can have him on their roster. So they can say, I drafted Jonathan Taylor. I'm hip and I'm cool. I knew what you guys didn't know. No, you didn't. You went up to the bingo card and you put dots on everything and you tried to make it seem like you was you won. You yelled bingo and they ain't even call that fucking number. That's that's what you did. You went up to the roulette table and you put 20 on red and 20 on black. You ain't even pick a number. You just 20 on red, 20 on black. And then you won a little sum, something, and then you try to act like at the end of the year, you was like, oh, I knew it all along. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Choose the guys. Pick your guys through your research. Pick your guys that you know, that you say, these are my breakout candidates. These are my sleepers. These are my breakouts. These are my sleepers. These are my studs. These are going to be bust. Be real with us and tell us the truth. But going out here and drafting guys just because you don't have shares of them, you got 88 different roster combinations in five leagues. (laughs) I know it's not that serious, but you've got all these different roster combinations in all these different leagues, and you think that you're going to tell us at the end of the year that you knew that this was going to happen. No, you didn't. Yes, it goes back to us in fantasy. We're hedging our bets and we're preparing for every single possibility. But those are different leagues. I'm talking about in your one league, you have to have players that you believe are going to step in to the role, but you don't want to be overconfident And not go after known production. You want to have an equal balance of veterans and rookies on your team. You want to have an equal balance of win now. And rookies that can fill in in years down the road. You're playing in those dynasty formats. If you are playing in redraft format, there ain't a rookie coming into the league that is a must-own pick for me. I could give two shits about Jamar Chase as a wide receiver. I don't care about that guy if I'm in a redraft league. I don't give a fuck. I will stick with the 
DeAndre Hopkinses, the Stefan Diggs. The A.J. Browns that I'm used to. I will stick with the people that I am used to. Before I spend a fifth or sixth round pick on a fucking rookie. I don't give a damn about a Najee Harris. If I got to spend a second round pick on him. Or a first round pick. I'd say first round. I might take him in a second. Maybe. But a first round pick on a Najee Harris. Is utter bullshit. Won't happen. I will stick to the Derrick Henrys. The Alvin Kamaras. The Dalvin Cooks. That I am used to. So we don't want to make. These common mistakes. That we make every year. We want to not go into this thing overconfident. We want to do our research though. We want to be confident. But we don't want to be overconfident. We want to do our research. We don't want to overvalue these rookies. We want to go for that known production. We don't want to hang on other people's words. We want to do our own research. We want to make sure that we are good with the things that we've researched and the players that we think are good. And we don't want to trade just to trade. Or we don't want to draft players in the intent, with the intent of trading them. And we don't want to draft guys just because, oh, I don't have this guy in any of my leagues, so it'll be good to have him here. No. We will continue to get better and better each week. We will continue to get better and better at each draft. We will do mock drafts on the show as well. We'll have the start sits during the season. Going to have some player profiles for you guys. Um, And that'll be something that I think will be useful. Um, A lot of other things are coming down as I continue to do this show and the Two Cents and Nonsense show. Just look out for everything that I'm doing. Thank you for supporting everything that I'm doing. I look forward to to continuing (laughs) to provide you with the knowledge and the tools for you to get out here in fantasy football and, and win. I want to win. I want you to win. And I want to do this together. Be true to thine self. And always remember, do what it takes to earn your chip. This has been Fantasy AA. I've been Antoine Y. Slicker. And I'm going to see you guys next time. I'm out.